Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey everyone, Preston here, founder of Milo. We're excited and proud to bring you season one of our brand new podcast, Freelance to Founder. This season, you'll hear stories of freelancers and solopreneurs who have scaled their businesses to be much bigger than themselves. In this season, you'll hear the story of a photographer, fresh out of college with practically zero clients, who walked right into the Time Magazine offices to pitch his photography services. Not only did he land that gig, but he has now worked for Time, Oprah, ESPN, and many more. We kick off season one with a stay-at-home mom, turned online businesswoman, who instead of starting a blog during the mommy blog craze, decided to start a fashion business. That business to date has delivered millions in revenue. Season one is sponsored by FreshBooks, the number one invoicing software for freelancers and solopreneurs. If you are ready to take your one-person business to the next level, you can't spend dozens of hours each week drafting invoices and chasing down late payments. With FreshBooks, you can send an invoice in less than 30 seconds. Plus, you can see when your client has opened their invoice and schedule automatic follow-up emails that trigger if they forget to pay. This season, we'll talk to a few Millo readers and I should now say listeners, who have used FreshBooks. They'll share with us how FreshBooks saves them time and helps them scale their solo business. Without further ado, I'll hand the mic to my good friend, Dallin, the host of our brand new podcast, Freelance to Founder. We had grown by 200% in 2012. In 2013, we grew by 300%. And then in 2014, we grew by another 200%. So we were growing like mad. And um, we had taken it from being a hobby company to a multi-million dollar company. For Milo, I'm Dallin Wright, and this is Freelance to Founder. On today's launch of our very first season, we're coming out firing the big guns. As with most stories, we're going to discuss the highs, of course, because frankly, who wants to listen to a story without any hope in it? But we're certainly going to talk about the challenges that are always trying to knock you down. This season has been a collection of amazing stories from amazing people, and I'm very glad you've joined me here today. And today's founder, well, she's Courtney Brown of MySenseOfStyle.com. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, 
that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn jobs. I've used it myself and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. About half my family were incredibly athletic, talented, went on to play college athletics. And then the other half were really hard workers, and I was a part of that other half. (laughs) Not to say that sounds really bad. Not to say that the athletes weren't incredibly hard workers, but I wasn't gifted in that way. So I started working after school jobs, you know, when I was probably 14 or 15. And the first job Courtney tackled was built upon little kids' birthday parties. You would dress up as princesses and Winnie the Pooh and Mickey Mouse, and you'd go to the party and play games with the kids and do face painting and balloon animals. And that was my first job. Instead of just claiming a check and moving on, she claimed a valuable lesson by learning from her boss's example. At 15 years old, I learned so much from her. She was a stay-at-home mom that had created a business to help support her family, and she was making it work. Courtney saved that money, banked that good example, and when she graduated high school in Boise, Idaho, She knew where and what she wanted to do for her education. And that was to leave her hometown and head on down to nearby Brigham Young University, just a couple hours away in Utah. Um, I didn't get a a scholarship my first year to BYU. They give very few freshman scholarships, but I got a full academic scholarship every year after that. And so I um, thought I would go and become an attorney like my dad was. I grew up in a culture where marrying young and starting life quick was the norm. And I was at a place where that was very much pushed in college. And I met my husband, John. We dated that whole sophomore year, got married before my junior year. I kind of got on a path of, of life starting very quickly for me. And so I very quickly went from doing maybe political science or or English or something that would lead to law school. And um, then it became life is starting and you ha- you're ahead of your husband in school. You have all these credits 
and get done quickly and start your life. So I ended up majoring in sociology, which got me out of BYU in three years. And um, I thought I was going to be a traditional stay-at-home mom. It was like, oh, we're married, we need to finish college, we need to get into a career path, and I need to hurry up and have some babies, and then your life is set and planned. And, and there's no knock on that life. It's a beautiful life, and it's the life I have. Um, but I quickly f- found that it wasn't fully fulfilling for me as an individual. Desert Industries is a thrift store. It is um, run by what they call trainees or people that are looking for job skills and are having a hard time finding a job. They come and they work there for a year and they gain job skills. And honestly, the reason I chose that job is they called me back first. (laughs) I'm very passionate about social causes and about social injustices. And I thought it was my way of right out of college. I was going to I was going to help and change the world. And unfortunately, what I felt like um, I I thought I was going to be helping people learn job skills. And I what ultimately happened is I became a glorified retail manager because I was in charge of the cashiers. And so where I thought I was going to be helping teach new things and help them get other, you know, skills, I ended up counting tills and answering customer service questions because it's also a running retail store. And, you know, looking back, I run a retail online now, and I learned a lot of things about retail. That was the first time I've ever worked retail was that one year that I was a job coach trainer at the Desert Industries. Um, I learned a lot, truly. very purposefully, but I got pregnant in for the first time in the spring of 2003. And shortly thereafter, I miscarried. And um, part of my personal story is, and part of who I am is, um, I wasn't really ready to be pregnant, but the moment I found out I couldn't or it didn't work, I was bound and determined to make it happen. So over the next two years, I miscarried five times, um, and on um, the fifth time before before I miscarried, I told John that if I miscarried again, I wouldn't I wouldn't become pregnant. I wouldn't do it again, and we would have to adopt because we were ready and wanting to have a family. Because you know that that was the next step in life. So I miscarried for the fifth time, two years later in the spring of 2005, and then in the in the in August of 2005, we through a series of the only word I can use is miraculous events. We adopted our oldest daughter, Bella. I thought I was ready and prepared to be a stay-at-home mom, to be your perfect Pinterest mom. Although Courtney was no longer working at Desiree Industries, had spent some time working for her husband, John's company, and had started her family, she was still restless. The person in me that had been working for 10 years, essentially, was kind of itching for some personal fulfillment. And so for an entire year, I sat and I thought, 
almost on a daily basis, what could I do? What could I do? This is just when blogging was starting. I considered starting a fashion blog. At the time, nobody was monetizing, and I thought, no, I really want to make some money. (laughs) If I'm going to do it, I I want to make some money. I was the person that my friends and family came to to ask fashion questions and to find out how I was always able to stay in style affordably. And I thought, you know what? There's a place in the market for this. Women need this. They need to talk to that trusted friend and be able to try the trends on an affordable level. And that's where the idea of sense of style came from, was that kind of epiphany. There wasn't a lot of market research. There wasn't a lot of, uh, seriously, from the time I had the idea to the very first initial let's go was probably less than three months which is kind of funny because we we spend weeks now strategizing a sense of style on our next moves. And I literally jumped in headfirst without thinking very much about it. I was trying to think about how to do it in the most affordable way possible, right? Because I didn't have a lot of startup cash. I've always bootstrapped sense of style the whole time. Um, I used a personal credit card and I thought, how can I get the most for my money and do it and do this? And so we started doing direct sales, go, doing like boutiques and in-home parties and uh, craft shows type of things because you're direct to the consumer and you can maybe teach a little about fashion and style while you're there and there's very little cost involved. We got up to the point where we had probably 40 what we called stylists and they were doing these in-home parties and selling inexpensive fashion accessories. We do a little bit of apparel, and we launched our t-shirt line last year, but mostly we do the extras, the jewelry, the scarves, the shoes, all of that. I did this on my own with the help of some other really fantastic women, and I did it part-time, right? I did it in the evenings. And just when you think we've reached the fabulous success part of the story, well, after the break you'll see that we haven't made it just yet. Hey everyone, Preston here again. Season one of Freelance to Founder is sponsored by a company that also started with just one employee and has grown to serve thousands of customers. That company's name? FreshBooks. They understand what it takes to scale your business from a passionate team of one to something much bigger. And they know you don't have precious hours to waste sending invoices and chasing payments. Which is why the all-new FreshBooks lets you create and send invoices in less than 30 seconds. You can also schedule automatic follow-up emails for those clients who just can't seem to pay on time. To try FreshBooks free for 30 days, visit freshbooks.com FTF and enter FTF in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's FTF as in Freelance to Founder, the podcast you're listening to right now. Companies like FreshBooks help Milo produce high-quality content like this show, 100% free to you. If you'd like to hear more shows like this in the future, take a second and support this season's sponsor, FreshBooks. Now, back to the show. In 2011, I realized we had a really, really big problem, that the business I had created was not scalable 
and we had stopped growing. We just couldn't make it any bigger. We didn't take like a traditional MLM approach, multi-level marketing or direct sales approach. We tried to share inventory among stylists and that created a big problem because I didn't want people having to buy tons and tons of inventory from from me to do these parties and I wanted there to be a lot of inventory for people to select from these craft shows and in-home parties. I wanted it to feel like you walked into a boutique and I also didn't want it to be like high pressure sales. So that's there's a huge scalability factor there and um, we had hit our wall. On a personal note, I was also pregnant um, with our third child. I made a deal with John who felt really strongly and really wanted me to try to get pregnant one more time and I agreed to do try one more time and in September of 2011 I gave birth to Ryder. So he was my sixth pregnancy and only live birth. On a personal level I knew that I had to change the business that the the amount I was working was not going to work with three children I needed to be able to scale it and I actually needed to start making some money because really at to that point, it was kind of a hobby. I mean, we made money, but I didn't really personally take any. I was putting it all back in, and something had to give. I had taken that one personal credit card, and it had grown, right? <laughs> Into quite a significant amount. And also, I had taken a loan from my mom. And I felt I did not feel right about walking away from that money owed. Another part was that women liked our product. They liked what we were bringing to the table. It was just, how did we get it to more women? And so we had been online for about two years, but in 2011, I decided that we were going to do a 180 on the business plan, and we would go 100% online. We'd get rid of every single stylist, and we would take that leap. And if it was going to scale, this was going to be how it was going to happen. And it was terrifying. So this was 2011. Coupon blogs were huge at the time. I'm not, it was a huge trend and some are still really big because, you know, you're coming out of the market, the market crash and the housing industry crash and everybody's talking about being frugal. And so these coupon bloggers were the new rage. Are you familiar with affiliate marketing? Three, two, one, zero, ignition. A blogger or an influencer talks about a company or a product and links to it. There are affiliate networks that track that cookie and give the affiliate a small percentage of the sale. So it's all based on sales and not clicks, not impressions. It's all based on the performance. And so we took a very unique and different approach to online sales and we took an approach of using affiliates or influencers, bloggers, whatever the word you want to use, and we created our marketing program around them. It was my last shot at this idea. Sense of style wasn't creating a market previously undiscovered. They were jumping right in with the big boys of retail. And standing out to customers wasn't something they could just buy their way into. I don't have the SEO dollars to just work off clicks or impressions. And plus, 
fast fashion, like we, as we like to call it, because we're in a fast fashion realm, right? It, the trends change very quickly. It is one of the most crowded and most expensive SEO spaces there is. So we couldn't do that. We don't have the ad dollars to go up against a uh, a Target, a Forever 21, a Macy's. They, they would just kill us. So we had to look at it at a, in a different way. So, so 2011 was a terrible year. We lost more money that year than ever before. And it was just kind of like, okay, well, we're going to just keep going somehow, keep it going. And 2012, I hired this blog consultant. And then I started going to some of these blog conventions, started talking to bloggers. And we started something called Fashion Fridays, where we had one amazing deal on our website every single Friday. And we would send out a newsletter through ShareASale to our affiliates, and they would put up the link, and they would make a little bit of money, and bloggers started responding. And in 2012, we had 200% growth on 2011. It was like a, we might actually be able to do this. Let's jump to John. I think you'll get an instant bead on his personality from his succinct review of the 1984 classic movie. The original Red Dawn with Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen, and Emilio Estevez. That's the real deal. John, ever the sense of style supporter, even with his full-time job with a startup, was very involved in Sense of Style's growth plans, including merging their business and home at a new location. I sat down with John at a company party to hear the unique challenges that this period of time brought on. Things got a little ugly because really what happened was a few freight trucks knocked branches off people's precious trees. And that, honestly, we should have killed their, you know, their firstborn, you know, instead of knocking off a branch off one of their trees. So... We got the city calling us, and the code enforcement came out, and they're actually pretty cool. They're like, um, you know, just get the permits. I got the one neighbor's door, the neighbor who lives directly behind me, and I knock on his door, and he comes just out of his house and slams the door behind him. I know who you are, and I'm going to show up, and I'm going to be against you. I'm going to tell the city council that you should not have a city permit. I was like, whoa, 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 nice to meet you. I had literally never met the guy before. Six months, he never introduced himself, never told me he had a problem, nothing. And he's yelling at me. So I'm like, okay, let's keep it calm. I talked to a couple other of his neighbors. They're like, oh, that guy, he's a grump. Don't worry about him. We'll come to back you up. And I, I got a good split, like 50-50 people who, you know, at least 50% of the people were there to, to be for us, that were positive for us. We had done everything to the letter of the law. We had we had crossed every T and dotted every I. I knew that, that city ordinance inside now. I'd read it multiple times. So I get up and I really just laid on thick. I was just buttering everyone up. It's so great everyone came out. You guys are awesome. This is a great community. You know, meanwhile I'm thinking, what a bunch of angry to show up middle of the week at eight o'clock with only one thing on the agenda, me and my thing, and you're all showing up to, you know, either, I knew the people there for me, but I definitely knew the people who were there against me. And then it was time for the opposition to speak. Blah, blah, blah. And then the city council spoke up. Actually, city ordinance says they can do that. Well, that's stupid. They're like, well, this is not the place to talk about that. We're, we're talking about should the permit work or not. 
So about five people got up, and very quickly I realized, oh, this is going to happen. We're in. And then it was a matter of coming up with arbitrary rules of what we could and couldn't do. You can only have 10 employees at one time or whatever. So we started, then I started relaxing. And then it was it was actually really chill and, and kind of nice. And the city council was very pro-business. But, man, it was it was stressful for a little while there. When I first met John and Courtney, my sexist assumptions ratted me right out. I thought John had started the company and Courtney was a bookkeeper or a helper in some way. Come to find out, I couldn't have been more wrong about Sense of Style's operations. It got to the point that him getting the traditional 9 to 5 and the, you know, the traditional travel time and everything was becoming an opportunity cost to Sense of Style. This is the opportunity we have in front of us, and I need you. I need your expertise. I need your talent. And I need to be able to give Sense of Style full time, not just the little bits and the crumbs that I was getting. We had grown by 200% in 2012. In 2013, we grew by 300%. And then in 2014, we grew by another 200%. So we were growing like mad. And um, we had taken it from being a hobby company to a multi-million dollar company. And I needed him. I needed I needed his, like I said, not only his expertise, but I needed him to take a little more bit more of an equitable role in parenting and upbringing of our children. He needed a new challenge and so I think he just saw the possibility and he saw he's an you know what he's more of an entrepreneur than I've ever been and he saw the possibility and the excitement kind of got that fire got back into his eyes and he has loved it. He, he says, I'm not passionate about women's fashion, but I love business. And I love that I get to be, have my hands directly involved in creating something every day. The Sense of Style woman is your everyday woman. She's most likely a mom, and she's making 80% of her household decisions, as most, most moms in the United States do. And if an item is $50, she has to stop and think. She has to decide, do I need to talk to my husband about this? Do I need to talk to my partner? Is this where I want to spend my funds? Now, if the item is under $20 and it's for her and something that might make her feel a little bit better, it's a lot quicker of a decision. And that's where we focus our our efforts is on an impulse buy where she's like, yeah, I've wanted to try that. I've seen that around a lot of times and look at the price that that's for. I'm going to try it and let's see how it makes me feel. And if I feel a little bit better about how I present myself to the world in that scarf or those shoes or that t-shirt. Sense of Style is run by mostly stay-at-home moms. Um, Our fulfillment team our customer care, our sales, our marketing departments. We are all women except for John. We are um, using a completely underutilized workforce of stay-at-home moms that want more fulfillment, just like I did, need empowerment, but can only give certain hours. So because we're online, we will take those hours and we will work remotely and we'll find technologies that make it happen. I was the woman that needed empowerment. 
I needed to feel a part of something more than myself. I needed to be contributing to more than my family. And so I think a lot of women are there. I'm a better mom. I'm a more confident person. I think if you would ask anyone who I was eight years ago and who I am today, they would say that. When you look good, you feel good, and then you can go do good. And that's the story of Courtney Brown and MySenseOfStyle.com. We'll be back next time with the story of Greg Olson Art, a company that for years followed the traditional path of licensing art to large publishers. But recently, they changed their whole business model, and now they're proving you can do a lot more by focusing on a lot less. You can subscribe to the show and listen to the entire first season at FreelanceToFounder.com. While you're there, you'll also find a free gift we've included just for you. If you enjoyed the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us your honest review. Ratings and reviews help us to improve the show and help others find it more easily. I would also feel it a personal honor if you would take one moment to tell one person about the show. Might I recommend, as that person, your father? The one who gave you the surprise of your life by handing you a 10-pump BB gun on Christmas totally outside of your mother's wishes and you were just eight years old. Yeah, your dad would really appreciate hearing about this show. For Milo, I'm Dallin Wright. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. The website is mysenseofstyle.com. If you Google Sense of Style, we should dominate that first page. Click on any of them. But follow us on Instagram, Sense of Style. That's where we interact the very most. Just peruse the site, sign up for the newsletters. You'll hear from me directly when you do that and get a little sense of, of, of me and the company. And in each episode, we're going to introduce you to successful entrepreneurs who have... Meh.